listening to the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a New Zealander living her best life in Fukushima, Japan. I'm a podcast consultant and the creator of Pod Launch with Jane, a system that helps you create your dream podcast without all the drama and hassle, leaving you more free time to do the things you love to do. This show is for people who want to hear stories of women who are doing amazing things here in Japan and across the world. You'll find loads of inspiration for how you can live your best life wherever you are. I'm glad you're here. Let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Transformations with Jane podcast. I'm your host, Jane Nakata, a podcast consultant and a podcaster here in Fukushima Prefecture, Japan. Thank you for joining me for another episode. It's episode 101 today. How exciting is that? I hope you listened to my episode last week talking about some of the things that I've learned in life and podcasting over the last 100 episodes in three years. So it definitely took a while to get to that milestone, but I made it. So steady and slow (laughs) is also a strategy, that's for sure. So today I have a lovely guest for you. Her name is Victoria from Biku Designs. So Victoria is actually appearing on the podcast for the second time. She's a long-term resident of Tokyo and the founder of the vintage kimono accessories brand Biku Designs, which I'm also a fan of. She is passionate about all things handmade, which has led her to set up the Overseas Makers Guild, a community to support expats around the world to establish and run their handmade businesses. She's also the founder of Tokyo Instamingle, which is an in real life or IRL meetup group for Instagrammers in Japan. And her Instamingle is one event I wish I could have attended down in Tokyo, but it never worked out that I was able to get down there on a day when they were doing it. But I guess there is none, no Instamingles happening offline at the moment, but I know Victoria does a few online things still. So today we are going to have a bit of a trip down memory lane because Victoria was on the show three years ago uh, in 2018, episode seven. So if you want to just pause and go and have a listen to that episode, scroll back through, find it, have a quick listen, would be really great. Um, So she... She and I have a bit of a reminisce about what it was like, you know, three years ago and all of the amazing things that she's done since then. And just it's really exciting to hear some of the things that she has planned and all of and actually one of the things that she's sort of planning to do or been putting off doing that I maybe challenged her a little bit to do during the episode as well. That was really fun. Also, I see, you know, great things happening with her communities that she's starting. And so definitely listen and find out if that's something that you might like to be part of as well. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, Victoria, and welcome back to the Transformations with Jane podcast. It's great to have you here again. Hi, Jane. It's lovely to see you. Yes. So if you want to scroll back through my list of over 100 episodes now, you will find Victoria on episode seven of 
the podcast was one of the very the first 10 episodes that we recorded and we are talking three years ago almost exactly three years ago it was May 2018 is that three years ago yes it is <laughs> can't calculate ago. yeah it's about about two decades ago <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it kind of feels like two decades. We So many things have happened in the last three years, and we had no idea that these things would happen. But it's really, I find it's really fun to check in with some of my guests that have been on the show. And yeah, it's great to have you back again. For the listeners who don't know you, please just introduce yourself quickly and tell us a little bit about what you do. Okay, I'm Victoria Close. I'm the founder of Biku Designs, which is a vintage kimono accessories. Um, so jewellery and ac- um, accessories such as headbands and different bits and bobs based in Tokyo, Japan. Actually, specifically Shimokitazawa in Tokyo. And that is what I do still. <laughs> three years later <laughs> yeah so that's a very short version she makes yeah. amazing beautiful handmade accessories using all, like recycled kimono or upcycling kimono giving them another life saving them from the being left yep landfill burnt rotting away in people's closets and and things it's a really it's a really noble cause I feel some of these accessories are really really beautiful I have a necklace in my whole I think all the women in my family have a necklace from your store (laughs) (laughs) what is it original pieces yeah you 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 won't find another person wearing your yeah yeah, that's what I was meaning one of a kind you won't find anyone wearing your necklace down the street that's for sure so I really love that that's great do you know the story about what happened um, to one of my customers in Cambodia? No, um, please tell uh, us. This is really interesting. She she was in Cambodia in the middle of nowhere and another foreigner came up to her and said, oh, hi, are you, excuse me, are you from Tokyo? And this one, my customer said, yeah, how, how do you know me from Tokyo or something? She said, no, 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 I recognise the Biku, Biku necklace. <laughs> <laughs> In the middle of Cambodia. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And yeah. And it was like, oh, my gosh, I've arrived. You know, I felt like you have for for a moment, very fleeting moment. I felt, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then they became friends, which was even nicer. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, how wonderful. They shared that story. Well, one of them shared that story with you that, yeah, yeah, that people recognize each other as Biku fans (laughs) all around the world now. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Where where are your customers? These like where have you sent necklaces to and things that so since last time we talked and and it was interesting to listen back to the um podcast from three years ago and i was talking about oh i'm just about to get my e-commerce shop set up and i was still doing lots and lots of in-person stuff and i remember at that time i was just running around tokyo dropping things off by hand and you know meeting up at shibuya station or shimokitazawa station i was just like oh my gosh I remember those days. It was not easy. I was traveling all over to drop off jewelry and, you know, also shipping within Japan. But I didn't have any international outlet at that time, nothing at all. So I had no way to get them in the hands of anyone other than people who'd bought them here and were sending, like yourself, sending them back home to family and friends. And so I was, I was on the verge of setting it up three years ago and it's completely pivoted to pretty much since covid it's 100% online i don't do i've done one in person event when things looked a little bit better with covid last year 
and that was it last year the rest of it has been online events and also shopping on my website so that my customers are everywhere they're oh everywhere i've sent to australia new zealand france germany spain all over america or uk everywhere that's the one country you were like wow i cannot believe i'm sending my jewelry to this country Um, do you know what (laughs) nothing surprises me now um even like all the northern european countries finland Denmark, Sweden. I think I should have like a little map where I colour it in, shouldn't I? But yeah, they're all over. You should. All yeah. over. Little pins you stick in. Oh, I'm sending a, a necklace to, you know, what's that place up right up in the North Circle where you can see the oh, aura. Oh, Ice- Iceland um, or somewhere like one that, of those places, yeah. You know? Yeah, no, um, or like, you know, uh, Trondheim yeah, yeah. or whatever it is in Norway where you go to see the aurora or something. I even can... sell through Europe. So Hong Kong, Singapore. It's surprising. And the only place I haven't been able to ship to is, but I had people requesting, is India um, because it's closed. It's closed. I don't know whether it's still closed to shipping, but at that time, a couple of months ago, um, an Indian customer said, I really want to have something sent. They're in Japan, but they want it sent to India. And it was closed to shipping. So, but pretty much um, I can ship anywhere apart from the UK now which would be the logical place for me to send. <laughs> the problem is, is that Brexit has ruined business for anybody who's outside the UK. Yeah, so you're supposed to officially, and I am an official kind of person, you're supposed to register with the HMRC in the UK, and then you're supposed to pay 20% VAT to them. It's a real bureaucratic pain to register in one country so that I can sell through my website. So now what I'm tending to do is is selling through Etsy to the UK, which is not good because pe- yeah, people don't want to shop through Etsy. I lose a lot of money on the fees, and um, but it's, it seems to be the only way because Etsy can collect the VAT for me, but then they add on lots for the fees and it just becomes almost impossible to shop for, for UK customers, so that's not good. Ah, that's interesting. Yeah, I've been wondering how Brexit has been affecting things now that things are actually moving, you know, moving forward with the Brexit and stuff going on. So this is how it's affecting online stores around the world who have customers in the UK and UK people who are struggling to buy, right? If you're in the UK and you're trying to sell outside of the UK, it's even worse for those people because they have to register in every Mm. European country, (laughs) pay tax in each one of those places after they've come out of the, of Europe. So, yeah, not it's not, not great for small businesses at all at the moment. Well, thank you for that <laughs> update on the situation. I wasn't expecting to hear about that. Yeah, last time we spoke, yeah, you just taking off with, was starting to ship internationally. And now look at you, you're shipping all over the world. You don't meet people in, in person well, anymore. Well, funnily enough, I was, supposed to, I was supposed to this morning, very one-off, and then I forgot to take the package. So this is how little I'm doing it these days, is that I completely forgot that I was doing it this morning. Whereas in the old days, every morning I was like, right, who am I meeting this morning? You know, it's different. <laughs> so you sound like a, like you were a sort of like, you, you weren't running drugs, but you could have been arrested. Like, there's that lady at the station, like, swapping packages for money or whatever. There's that, there she is again. <laughs> It was, it, was, it was crazy. It was like one of those watch sellers, you know, where they open their jackets and they've got all the watches. I yeah, felt a little yeah. bit like that at times. And I knew I just couldn't couldn't continue like that. I couldn't scale it. I couldn't spend that much time waiting for people outside stations. 
and then you know them calling me saying oh I'm a bit late or and I'd lose half an hour it was just stupid really so I yeah I knew when I talked to you I knew I was already in the process of I need to I'm setting this up and I need to get this going and then I did and it seems a lot longer ago than three years but yeah it's all online now yeah that's so exciting yeah that you've gone through that transition and you were, I mean, you were ready for COVID when it came because you were all online, but how did COVID affect your business in particular? I'm going to be really honest. I probably had the best, the best sales year ever. I was already doing online events anyway. So, you know, a few times a year I'd do, I did a thing called the big summer upload and I'd upload all the stuff to my, the things I had in stock to my VIP club and people would shop over the course of a night and I was doing Christmas ones. I was probably only doing maybe four or five events in a year anyway. So I just thought, well, all I have to do is just try to take that money that I would have made and try to, to make it feel like the event anyway, another event. So I'm still doing that and had one this weekend as well. And it's just, it's much more ergonomic in a way to do it, to do it like that. I'm not lugging boxes of things to a venue setting up standing there for hours you know I'm in my studio for like three hours and then it's done and then I ship it out for about the same money so so it's it's just a no-brainer yeah yeah no-brainer so to be honest it was probably my best sales year and the crucial point is I remember talking to you last time about having the right feeling in my business so about feeling like um you know it sort of stimulated and wanting to feel creative and it, over the last three years, what I've noticed is is that I'm working a lot less, which sounds weird, but I'm working less, yet my sales have increased. Now, it could be that as I'm moving along that I'm just getting better at what I do, <laughs> but I think it's because I'm just getting smarter at, at what I work on and what I don't work on and scheduling things and not sitting on social media a lot, but doing it at crucial times where, where people notice it's it's a really weird thing to feel like I only worked three hours today, you know, and then I only worked two hours today. And then you're making more sales than you did the year before for working perhaps half half the amount of time. Well, that's excellent. So that's the feeling I wanted. I wanted that feeling yeah. of time to do things for myself, things. And I said that in the last podcast that I didn't felt I didn't have time to be creative. So I'm back crocheting. I'm playing the piano every day. Yeah, I'm doing lots of things that are that are feeding my creativity now. And then I'm trying to think, well, I want to fill it with something else. What else am I going to do? Because the business is just doing the business now. That's very, very cool. Yeah, I love that how, you know, things that we talked about in the last episode have kind of come to fruition for you. Yeah, one thing that didn't come to fruition, it's something that I want to work on this year, is the stockists. I, I, something I've been struggling with for a really long time is I just want to get, you know, a handful of wholesale stockists who buy outright and then you lose a lot of money. Your profit margin is reduced right down, but you actually end up working smarter and you end up with a really good income stream, even though your your profit margin is is down by 40 to 50%. That's one thing I'm still working on and it requires a lot of bravery to to put yourself out there with stores and be prepared for the no's and the, oh, uh, yeah, we, we're not going to buy any more from you or whatever. It's hard. But I know that's the future of, of where the business is going to have to head, I think. so. Yeah, there could be a lot of rejection waiting for you if people don't 
take up your your line yeah, or whatever. I mean, the thing is, you have to have a different mindset about it, right? You have to you not see it as rejection, but see it as a not now, not not at the moment. Or you can't. I always tell people, don't assume anything about somebody else. Don't assume anything about your customer. Don't assume anything about what a stockist might be looking for. Maybe that stockist has just done a big order of stuff and doesn't have the cash flow right now. Or maybe your stuff just doesn't quite fit and it won't sell, so it's not going to serve you anyway. So you just got to look at rejection in a slightly different way and just go, it's not rejection, it's just not the right fit. Excellent (laughs) advice for anyone in any industry. Don't assume that about your clients or your your customers it's very good advice so what would be a dream stock is for you just you know if your stuff was for sale in x store or i have i have do a you list. have a like yeah, a, a yeah, dream I have a list have you a have list. a list you want can you share one <laughs> i wonder if they'd ever listen to this <laughs> um so because my stuff is made of japanese kimono mostly not always i use other found objects as well but the the aesthetic is more japanese i always sort of gravitate towards those stores that are very clean lined zen i always check out their store on instagram make sure i have a look at the store and how their visual merchandising is as well um to make sure that i would could imagine my stuff in there there's certain stores that i see and i go oh my god my stuff would just look so busy and messy and oh no it would not work in there and then so these other ones they're um they're usually natural wood, white, you know, minimal, bit zen in their merchandising. And so, I mean, the dream client is Native & Co. That's like dream. That's like, wow, if if they ever took anything up. I, but, the, you know, I haven't even approached them yet. So why not? I, yeah, exactly. Why not? I was giving this advice to someone the other day about, oh, why haven't you? Why haven't you just done a submission to that magazine i did and i (laughs) and i got in that magazine but actually i need to take my own advice and just go yeah why why haven't i why haven't i put a catalog together and sent it to native and co yeah so that's my dream and then there's another company in the uk who make she makes she calls it shibuya wear it's like japanese style i think she uses japanese patterns but she she makes this kind of a little bit Japanese style, loose fitting, a little sort of, you know, the cottage core style, like dreamy, natural linens. I don't see that many accessories in her shop, but she does sell homewares as well. And the, the aesthetic is absolutely me and perfect. Exactly what I would like for my stuff. And, you know, we sometimes chat on Instagram and I'm like, oh, I'd love to just say, do you want to take my stuff? But yeah, not yet. But yeah, so I'm going to take my own advice. I just need to do it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah why, why not? not? What's the worst, the worst that could, that could happen? happen is yeah. they could say no, could a, right? Yeah, like you said, they could say no or not now or maybe right. next season. Oh, I know or... someone who, who would do better for you oh yeah or how about this store yeah have you thought of this and maybe you know from from a no you can get you can learn right so that's that's yeah i need to do that (laughs) (laughs) well i would love to hear if you actually do it so please tell me please come and tell me if i don't care what what happens like yeah please just tell me if you approach them and or or what happens that would be so exciting to hear thank you so much and i'm sure the listeners would love to hear a progress (laughs) report three years time (laughs) 
<laughs> because <laughs> yeah, we'll come back. God knows how many less, uh, how many episodes in we'll be in oh three years' time. But Hundreds. yeah, and what we'll be doing then? But hmm. and give us the names again. What was it? Native and Co. Native and Co. is like I'm not even sure they carry jewelry at the moment. I think they do like um, accept little accessories, but they do mainly homewares. But it's sort of um, handmade art artisanal kind of things made of wood or things made of um, cast iron in Japan and then shipped over to the UK. And the other one is um, Nadino and she's a, the clothing lady. And she has a little store in the middle of mm-hmm. the countryside. Okay, well, we yeah, well, we should get their Instagram accounts in the show notes so people can go and check those out and, and see what we're talking about. And I will go and you have to send me the account names so I don't get them wrong. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, I'm excited to hear that. I'm I'm going to take your advice as well and just not and remember to not assume about people who I think I might be a good fit for to work yeah. with on their podcast, for example, or yeah, just never assume, just, just say this is what we could do together. If that's interest you, let's let's work on it. And you know the old the old adage: if you don't ask, you don't get. It's is important to remember, right? Yeah. Because nobody knows about you until you ask for the thing, and then even if it's a no, you're on their radar. Even just for two seconds, you're on the radar. And also, you you you're positioning yourself, right? You're positioning yourself with these people that you want to be known with and for. So even if they say no, for that split second, someone opened your email and read it and you had their ear for a minute so that's that's what i need to just take forward into my into my own life <laughs> and my own work life and just and just get on with it unhooking from the outcome and having any expectations about mm. trying to control the outcome i think is the point right so yeah. do what you can do which is approach or someone or what did you what do you call it submit submit something to a, a store or a magazine and that's your job done. Yeah. Now it's it's in the universe's hands or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Do do your side of the bargain and and then see what happens. Yeah. Mm, exciting stuff. All righty. <laughs> so yeah, when we talked last, um, let me see. Uh, I said to you about what you were. What does the future look like for you? And you said in the next five years, I've got an ideal day in my head. I'm not too far off it, but it would probably involve a bit more travel. Little yeah. did we know. Well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's out of our hands. Yeah, little did we know that we'd be where we are today. And then you said, I and I really would like to do some collaborations with people in other countries. I just don't know how. What's happened there? Well, nothing yet. Um, however, I am in a mastermind in the UK with other makers. So for the last year and it's coming up to about a year and a half now, I've been in this group and it's with an aim to if I ever return to the UK, I want to have my people, people who I can identify with, who make things for a living and who are running handmade businesses and who are not, they're not got, they've not got a hobby job a job hobby, you know, saying they're working when actually they're not making enough money to actually justify saying it's a job. I want I wanted to be surrounded by people like that. And so I haven't quite got around to the collaboration side of it yet. Although I have collaborated, you know, I know I have actually, but not across the world. I've collaborated with local businesses in Japan. Um, so I've put together things. In fact, one of the pivots that I did last year um, was with a lady called um, Kelly from Shizen Natura. 
and she makes soap and other eco products. And I was thinking, right, okay, it's COVID. What do people need? What do people want? What are my customers facing right now? And I, I realized, oh, maybe people are feeling a bit, you know, stressed and they're not looking after themselves. So I put together a self-care kit with a soap in it from Kelly and a headband from made from kimono and some other bits and pieces. And um, they just sold out like that. And I was like, oh, gosh. And then I made another kit with a headband and a soap. So the idea is you put your headband on, you wash your face, and then they're all gone. So I was like, oh, this is this is really good to collaborate. Not actually come up with a come up with a product together, but to put our products together and sell them as a as a set, as a as a kit. That's for, I love that. That's so like minimum viable product. You have this and I have yeah. this, and together it it's more than the, yeah. the two parts, and it's a great. They're a great match. And I just want to say a yeah. shout out to Kelly. You know Kelly, right? While we're here because I use her soap. I don't know her, but I do uh-huh. have her soap because I have a oh, dog. Okay. So I've actually bought some of her dog yeah. soap. <laughs> and my lovely dog, Sebastian, gets washed by oh. she's in Natura soap. Oh, and he sounds, smells lovely after he's had a bath world, with right? Kelly's soap. So there you go. But I would like to get to know Kelly. So, yeah, please introduce me to her. The other collaboration I did was with a um, an American artist who's also Tokyo-based. She's called Erica Ward, and she is becoming quite well-known across Japan. Well, very well-known. And especially in the foreign community, people just love her aesthetic and they love her, her skill. I, I actually own a couple of her pieces myself before she got very, very, very expensive, uh, which is I, I could see how, how good she was when I when I was looking at something for myself. And I was thinking, this is such a reasonable price for what I'm getting. Wow, this is amazing. And then all of a sudden she's becoming more famous. And I'm like, yes, I've invested in her work. Whoa. And then anyway, she's... Is she an artist, like a painter artist or... She's an illustrator really, but she draws... And she, she's sort of surrealist. Best to check her out on Instagram so you can ex, she can explain in her own words. But she's slightly surrealist. She does a lot of cat stuff. It's in a kind of um, watercolor style. It's really beautiful. If I was closer, I, yeah. Anyway, I, I'll send you the link to to her stuff. And so we together. I just with her postcards. She has po- um, postcards of her work. So I bought a lot of her postcards and then I put together a kimono lover gift set and it was her postcards and it was a necklace and earrings matching all different different ones that people could choose and it had you know a Japanese Kit Kat and it had some tea and you know people who love kimono and all her postcards that I chose they all were the kimono dress ladies so that's why it was the kimono lover gift box and and I had last year I did lots of things like that where I just made lots of different sets and products and bundles and tried to think of different ways to get my work into people's hands a lot of creative thinking required <laughs> wow well you obviously have a talent for this sort of coordinating items together and seeing how they could create value that's really yeah that's really cool that you found a different way to it's not just buying this one piece but you mm. can buy the set or and you get some soap or, or a really cute postcard you would never have known about potentially because you've curated it for someone already. And those people like me who cannot curate to save themselves, 
you know, cannot put things together like that. It's a really appreciated skill that someone can can just curating items. I think it's really fun going around looking for stuff, and then you know, like I did a kimono, um, kimono, kokeshi box as well. I I think that was last year as well, which was with vintage kokeshi, and I did kokeshi jewelry as well to go with that with that. So yeah, there were a lot of um, lot of sets last year. Yeah, well, I saw I saw these sets coming out, and I think it was last March when I was I was stuck in Japan. Mm. Like we'd been repatriated from Sweden for the emergency, and I was just devastated to be in Japan and not living my best life in Sweden and living in this terrible apartment. And I saw your headbands and soaps, and I was like, oh, I should get myself one of those. And I just thought it was a really nice way to treat myself. I didn't actually get to buy one in the end, but I definitely saw them and I definitely noticed them. So even people who didn't buy them probably were really interested in in these sets that you've created. So definitely keep doing that. You obviously have a, a talent for that. And even just now you've mentioned people who I don't know in the makerspace in Japan. So I'm sure there's other people who there's just so many amazing mm-hmm. people that you've probably come to know through what you're doing that, yeah, we, you can all benefit from working with each other. That's really so cool. What I'm here to do, I think, is is help other makers as well. It's my, my big goal. With it, I think it was last year I set up, it was last, well, I had a bit a, a big idea that I wanted to help other expat makers, but not just ones in Japan, because the maker space in Japan for foreigners is pretty small. We all know each other pretty much, and it, it it's really small. <laughs> and I just thought, come on, Victoria, think bigger. So I set up this Facebook group and pretty much did nothing with it. I just, I think I just had an idea and then I lost confidence in myself and what it was about was I wanted to help other people who maybe felt like I did at the beginning of my business where I didn't know anybody I just knew okay I want to set up a handmade business but I just don't I don't know any markets that I can do I don't know any other makers I don't even know where to go and shop for this kind of stuff I knew where to get all my supplies because I was a maker already, but I wasn't sure, well, how do I sell it? You know, I was like, I have no idea. Other than Etsy, I have no idea what I'm doing. So anyway, it's been a long, long, lot of hard work over the last five or six years since I've been doing this full time. And I just felt like I wanted to share some of my knowledge with other people because all the time people are asking me, how do you do it? How did you do it? You know, like, okay, how long have you got? You know, how long have you got? And I thought rather than repeat myself, the best thing to do is to set up a community. Now, it just lay dormant for a few months and I thought, oh, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And it came to reviewing 2020 and I thought, why didn't you do more with that? You know, 2020 was the year where these people really need needed support and also a year when people had time at home. So actually, probably 2021 is the best time to launch it because people have had time to think about what they want to do in their life I know a lot of people have pivoted careers and they've set up new businesses and so I thought this is a really timely moment to okay let's let's reignite it okay and I've been promoting it all over Tokyo in different um, forums and Facebook groups and had a goal to have 100 members by July. Now, this morning, we hit 84 members. <laughs> 84. How many? By this morning. So, 84. And mm-hmm. I committed to myself from January, I'm going to post every weekday 
something and I'm going to go live um, every Monday. Now that's not been so easy because I've had school holidays and different things and I was sick one of them for one of them. So I go live every Monday. I just did it before this actually. And um, every day I have a post, which is something to do with people's business. So it could be that they can promote themselves, but it could also be business tips or there's a hashtag for every day. And then we have a final thing is a Friday and we have a happy hour on a Friday, which is you share your wins of the week or you something that you did that was great this week. It couldn't be in your business or your life, but we know we're a business group. So it's growing and there's, it's not just, it's a bit Japan heavy at the moment because I've got to find other ways to access expat makers in other places. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do that yet, but I'm thinking. But I, I basically want anybody from anywhere who has who makes things by hand and sells it for money. <laughs> so <laughs> if that, that's it. That's the criteria be, for the group, not, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, drop shipped, you know, things on the, like... Um, like art print sites, or, you know, like um, Spoonflower or something like that. It's something that you make with your hands and then you sell it to a customer. And with a view to having an actual business that makes money for you and helping people to, you know, get the skills along the way of how to market. I realized that marketing was something that people don't like to do. I love doing it. I love telling people what I'm doing and <laughs> I love telling people like what I just made. But then that took a lot, a lot of work to get my mindset in that, 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 that frame and go, okay, it's okay to say, I love this thing I just made. It's okay. But a lot of people are not, they're not confident to do that. So I want to help them with that. And that I think is like a really big, sorry, sorry. That's, I think my really, my, my real big goal. And it's so ironic that I've ended up going full circle back into teaching. (laughs) So ironic that I wanted to get out of teaching. Because, yeah, you were originally a teacher for many years, right? That's that the, and people don't know you from the first episode. That's what you used to do before you became Biku Designs. You were a teacher, but now you're teaching this. And, yeah, I think people who are teachers naturally always will sort of navigate towards a teaching type role in some way. Eventually, I'm the same. I've been a teacher for 20 years. Not, you know, a teacher, but I have been teaching people. And now I teach people podcasting and and coach people through podcasting. Like, when did that happen? So here I am teaching again. But it's great to be able to share your knowledge, give people a fast track. Perhaps maybe you took the long route, but they don't have to. And also it's this sense of community that I missed at the beginning. It's finding other people who are doing what I'm doing. It's hard when you're an expat, particularly. If you're in a country, you just move to a country, you have no idea you know, what anything is or, you know, you don't have a community, but you might, if the group grows, you might be able to find somebody else in that group that is in your country. Oh, look, I've just moved to Singapore. I'm in Singapore. Okay. You've already got a physical community right there. And that's what I want to do is connect people together as well and try to, and when they move, they might be able to find a buddy to help them with their business when they get to that country. Obviously, I don't give advice on things like, you know, immigration or <laughs> visas or or even finance, you know, nothing like that. It's more about, you know, just sort of motivation and marketing and, you know, how to set up an email list, that kind of thing. That's what I'm, what the sort of nuts and bolts of a business, really. Yeah. And like that community thing will always bring people together to over something and that's what we've all missed especially in COVID so 
we've had a lot of our physical communities cut off from us. People are having to go online for the first time, some of them, to find a community or realising that not all the communities are online are scary and you're going to get trolled. Some communities are actually quite supportive and safe. Just helping people to have confidence to take part in those those Mm. communities that are actually going to support them is is also really useful too. So um, tell us the name of this this, this Makers Makers Guild. And it's OMG. (laughs) Okay. OMG. I was just going to say, that's Um, OMG. That's so cool. Funnily enough, coming on a podcast, you kind of kick yourself up the butt a little bit. I was like, okay, I have to set up a, have to have an Instagram. So I set an Instagram up this morning. (laughs) So I've been meaning to do it for a few weeks. And I was thinking, oh, I don't really want a second Instagram. Oh, this, you know, I'm trying not to do as much social media. And then I thought, you know what? It, this is Instagram is a way to find people all over the world. And, you know, let's just do it. And then I'll just, you know, target people in different places and see if they want to join. And, you know, okay, <laughs> just kind of, I was a bit sort of despondent when I was doing it. But, you know, because I just don't want to rely on social media all the time. But I realized that, you know, I can't send letters to every expat maker in the world. So I'm going to have to do it some way. And it's the same on uh, Instagram as well. Is overseas underscore makers underscore guild. Alrighty, let's link that up. Get over there, yes. follow that account, everyone. And especially if you're a maker, even, join the, join the group. Even if, that if people start, speaks to yeah, you, yeah, exactly. Even if people haven't got a business yet, but they're actually considering it, then it's probably a good idea to join. You know, I've got a few people who are saying, "Oh, I, I like creative things, and I love, I, I do sell them, but I only sell them a bit to fr- for, uh, friends and family." Which is that's that's the way everyone starts. Then you're perfect for it because we, we, you know, we we'll, we do stuff like that for for beginners and also for people who are a bit more advanced. It's a bit open ended, and I'm hoping to run courses and workshops and different things. I've done some free stuff in there already, so I'll do some more free stuff over the next com- the coming months as well little courses got a lot planned but i'm not going to say what yet all right so yeah even if you're just starting out and you're making making stuff and selling it as a business journey you can totally join and you're very welcome from the sounds of it and men as well men and men and women absolutely we have i think one man in it but uh, anyway he's very welcome (laughs) but yes anybody from anywhere as long as you make as long as you have a, an eye to a business or a business, it doesn't matter. And also it's aimed at the people who have been overseas and, and are returning back to their countries as well to support them going back because that's hard as well, right? You don't have a community to go back to, a maker's community, until you've been there a while. Even if, like, for me to go back to my own country would feel like a foreign country <laughs> because it's like I don't know it anymore. So it's a sort of supportive community for that as well. So it seems like community is really important to you. And what other support networks do you have or supporters do you have to help you to keep doing amazing things that you're doing, creating all these things and trying new things? I mentioned last time about my husband was the one who said... When I when I'd had the kids and said, you know, you're over the wall now, run for your life. He said, you know, <laughs> there may have been an expletive in there, here and there, but you know, he, what he meant was, you know, you've done this for 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 so long. I think it was 16 years of teaching that he was saying, you know, this is your moment, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that was my moment to not go back or to change something about what I was doing. 
And so he was always the one um, pushing for me to do something that I've always wanted to do. And, and I'd always talked about having a jewellery business and I'd always had one on, on the side anyway. And he just said, look, you know, do it, just make it work. You've got 18 months before, you know, full-time education uh, kicks in for both kids and just make it work, make it, you know, make it profitable and then we can justify you going back because he's a teacher as well. This is one of the things that people assume about me and uh, wrongly assume, actually, is that I am the wife of a some kind of financial... When, when they hear... Well, first they assume that I'm married to someone Japanese. And when they realise, oh, he's not Japanese, he's British, then they wrongly assume that, that I'm married to someone in the financial industry or in he's a lawyer or some kind of expat that gets paid, you know, very lot of money. But actually, the reality is he's an international school teacher. So I think the assumption is, is that, oh, I don't need this job, my bhikkhu job. But actually, I really do need this job. This is my job. And I need to, I need to make it make me a salary. So that's why I say never assume anything about anyone until you know, right? So he's been teaching for about 20 years. And he loves teaching. He really does. However, I could see there was something unfulfilled in his life. And my big aim with my business was at some point, I want him to get out of teaching and do something else. Now, the something else was the thing was, what is it that he wants to do? And he wasn't sure. One day, I and I'd been a big fan of Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School for a very long time. And one day she had some men on there chatting who were life coaches. And I was like, wow, these guys are doing amazing work for, with other men, you know, and teaching them the life coach school model and how to basically be more emotional people. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. You know, my husband already is that kind of person anyway. So I said, just sent him the podcast and said, listen to this for a minute. And he just sort of sent me a message back oh my gosh, I think this is what I want to do. And I kind of knew that this is what he, this is him. This is what he should be doing. And then I, I sort of, we found out how much it costs, which was a big shock, um, how much it costs. And then I said, we have savings. Let's just use the savings. And, and he's like, no, 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 no. I don't think I will. No, 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 I don't think I will. And then it was, I will. No, 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 I'm not doing it. And it went like this for about a week and the deadline was coming closer and closer to it closing and it's only open, I think, twice a year. And one day he just said, I've just done it. I just, I, I backed right off. And I said, it's over to you now. If you want to do it, it's there. It's on the table. You did this for me. I'm doing this for you. I'm saying I want you to to change something like you like I changed something and and then I backed off and then within two or three days he just said yeah I've done it I'm, I'm in I'm doing it and he's now certified so that was six months more than six months ago and he's a certified life coach now and yeah so <laughs> it's a big change for wow, our life it's not just you who's no. it's not just you who's doing what things that you've also inspired your husband to take something new on and try something new and I love that you encourage him to take his turn to do something well it is it's, it's his turn so beautiful right? yeah I got yeah, it's his turn to take a turn now <laughs> yeah I'm, I've been like goosebumping through your whole story that yeah. I love that and maybe other people who are listening might also be inspired to offer a yeah, chance to their yeah. partner to do something as well. 
and I, I saw something, a quote yesterday or something, it said something like, choose somebody who, sort of, I can't remember, I'm paraphrasing, but it was sort of, choose somebody who not just goes for their own dreams, but lives yours too. And I was like, yeah, that's right, he does do that. And then I've just done that for him too. Ah, <laughs> that's really cool. You know, that we both can fulfill something in ourselves through each other's, I wouldn't say permission, but support. I don't think I gave him permission to do it. I just sort of said, this is your time. It's, you know, do it. Yeah. <laughs> do it or not. And he totally he totally did that to you, you know, however many years ago it was. Yeah. Without was that, like you wouldn't potentially ago. have done yeah. that. Mm. I wouldn't have done it. I would have felt, oh, I have to go back to teaching. I'd have been very stressed being a mum and a teacher and he would have had a lot more to do because we'd have split it. We do split 50-50 outside of the hours that we, I have more hours to work with the kids. But at, when he gets home from work, it's 50-50, cooking, cleaning, shopping, it's 50-50 for sure, uh, laundry, everything. And I know I'm lucky in that respect, but it's, it, you know, I have felt like I chose well. <laughs> You did. It sounds like you did. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then that you gave, appreciate it as well. I That's really beautiful. appreciate it because, you know, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. I wouldn't be sitting so glamorously in a closet with um right now with a load of... Is that, is that a Christmas tree you've got on Christmas the wall? It's a Christmas tree behind me. so random. <laughs> it's because it's, it has to be stored flat. And then I've got a rolled up carpet and a, all the winter gear, all the hot carpets and humidifiers are in this room. <laughs> It's very glamorous. Um, ironing board, you know, <laughs> the life of yeah. an entrepreneur, you know, you just work anywhere, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, this is exciting. So there's also a certified coach. Is, is he going to be focusing on men going forward or does he have a, a, a type of person he wants to work with? At the moment, his niche is looking to be people working in education. Okay. So it's what he knows best. Yeah. So not just teachers, but administrators as well. Um, but people who are working mm -hmm. in schools, universities, that kind of thing. But he also does one-to-one -one coaching as well. As um, He's got a Facebook group, which is... A <laughs> we're, Already? We're wow. He's got rocket boosters oh, yeah. oh, on his, his he's practice. He's got a website. He's got everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's, um, it, it was the most... I watched it and I didn't experience it. But even watching it was the most intense experience of my life. Just watching him go through this six months training where he had to you know he's working full-time but he was working you know like 10 hours a week at least he was coaching pro bono and he was he'd come home and he'd have his dinner and he'd go right I've got a client and he was just working for free at that time and um because it was part of the he didn't want to charge he wasn't certified and he said I don't want to charge and I'm not certified now I've got to do it properly and then he he would do that and then he'd see him like nine o'clock sometimes ten o'clock <laughs> And then he'd go to bed. And that was six months. And then, of course, because it was an American time frame, it's an American course, he would be, his coaching would be with with the, with the his trainer, would be on a Sunday at sort of 11 p.m. So it was like <laughs> Rough. he'd come to bed at Rough midnight or after midnight. And then, of course, he's buzzing because he's just being coached. And, and one time he was coached by Brooke herself. And he came in and he, he's... He said, oh, my gosh, Brooke Castillo just coached me for 15 minutes. 
and he's just like buzzing couldn't go to sleep so you know it was the hardest six months of his life but we got through it and he's now certified so exciting for your family <laughs> yeah I love it how you know I mean I'm the same in my family my husband has supported me and just has never questioned any of my decisions he just always you know backs me up it's or awesome. helps me when he can and and that's just so appreciate that and I hope that I can do the same for him sometime you chose hopefully well. in the near future you chose yeah. well yeah. Jane. yeah I think I did <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on well, the show today, Victoria, me. and giving us a peek behind the curtain of Piku, not Piku, Biku Designs and just seeing what's going on there and how you've you've grown so much in the last three years. It's been a pleasure to watch. Oh, and where can people come and find you if they want to hear, they want to hear about these amazing gift sets and things that you've got coming out or whatever's coming up next or okay so what what should they do on all social media i'm biku designs just biku designs so facebook i have a facebook page i have a um, instagram biku designs my website is biku designs.com i have a vip club which is uh, my fun the fun side of my business which is um we have sort of oh we have stuff that's not even related to jewelry going on in there like just silly, silly threads about, I don't know, like a gif about show a funny gif of your week or, you know, it's just something, or would you rather, you know, that kind of game. So that's quite funny. And there's almost 500 of us in there, which is really good. It's awesome. Amazing. And they're, they're like yeah. the, the sort of the super fan people and they post photos of themselves wearing my jewellery and, and everyone comments. It's so nice. It's such, there's such a lovely It's bunch. lovely. And I'm actually a VIP yeah, member so, <laughs> as well, so, I think. Yeah, so lovely. And then, you know, to the point where two people, two VIPs met online and seemed to have some kind of connection and I connected them and said, look, you guys have got similar similar tastes in my jewellery, but also in your in your life. They started to chat offline off the group and then the other day when I had an event one of them was in a meeting and she said to this other woman behind the scenes when that it that necklace comes up will you claim it for me so she basically sent her to my event to shop for her <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh my gosh this is like the ultimate uh, VIP behavior now you're shopping for each other now to grab stuff that you want oh, it was very cool very cool so yes that's Facebook Bicker Designs uh, VIP club i think it's called the official title and i think that's that's oh i'm on twitter as well but i don't yeah. really do twitter <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah so make sure you're on the on the list of you like if you like victoria's stuff and you want to be first in line to get it you need to be on our list so make yeah, sure you're subscribers get, yeah, otherwise you might yeah, miss subscribers out subscribers get mm. perks like pre-sale shopping early shopping they get first dibs on new collections there's a monthly winner of a newsletter winner every month and of some jewelry different things so yeah there's definitely perks to being on the list <laughs> thank you so <laughs> thank much you for coming so in much. today and i can't wait to see what happens next me neither it's gonna be great <laughs> yay <laughs> okay thanks so much bye bye so that was the interview with Victoria Close from Biku Designs. I hope you enjoyed listening to our catch up and hearing about some of the things that she's been up to, some of the things that she's planning. And I just was really taken with her story at the end about her husband and the the little journey that they're on together now of this sort of finding your your best life or finding new things that you haven't tried before and giving things a go and supporting each other to take a turn 
to do something different. So I just found that really sweet and really lovely. So thank you for sharing that story. And it sounds like there is a a certified counsellor, not counsellor, sorry, certified coach out there now um, who is working with people in education. So if you want to know more about that, I'm sure Victoria can steer you in the right direction. That is really lovely too. So if you would like to know more about any of the things we've talked about in this episode, as always, just check out the show notes. Lots of shout outs to all of the lovely makers who were mentioned in the show today. And you can follow them, find them on Instagram, go over and join Victoria's, excuse me, makers group. And what is it? The OMG Overseas Makers Guild. Very cool name. Sign up to her newsletter, which you get loads of, um, you know, preferential treatment if you're in her VIP club and on her uh, newsletter. So that is really nice. You can get first dibs on some of these things that there aren't many of. You know, she doesn't do mass-produced items and things, so you want to be first in the line, that's for sure. Also, if you have been listening and you think, oh, I would like to start a podcast, but I don't know how, then please get in touch. I am growing my team over here at Transformations with Jane. We had some lovely interest from many people wanting to start their own podcast, And so we'll have more capacity for more people starting their podcasts with us soon. I'm really looking forward to the next launch. I have one coming out for you soon. It's run by Christy and it's called Everyday Adventures in Japan. It's going to be a really lovely podcast about what life is like for someone living outside of Tokyo in Japan. And she's been in Japan for a long time and she has a really unique insight to Japan, having sort of grown up here as well as lived here as an adult and not being Japanese herself. So I hope you'll look at you will look forward to that show coming out soon, not far away now. And yeah, I'm very excited to be part of all of this. So if you would like to join us on this podcasting journey, definitely get in touch with me. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, see you next time. Bye bye. 